Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, you total wonderfuls. This week's episode is me talking to an author called Emily Leary, creator of A Mummy 2, which is a blog and social media presence. And she's an author of a brand new book called How to Get Your Kids to Eat Anything. I've had a really fun time checking if she actually means anything, as you'll hear. Thanks for listening as ever to the podcast and telling every stoat on the whole planet about it. Please keep that up uh, and please do rate, review and subscribe. Uh, I'd love you to come and see a live show. We were at the Underbelly Festival on the South Bank last week and it was uh, another level of fun. Absolutely brilliant. The next one is the 18th of July at the Marlowe Comedy Festival in Canterbury. And then there are two in mid-August at the Edinburgh Fringe where um, I'll also be doing my new stand-up show, Hench. Tickets for Hoovering Lives are in the podcast notes along with all the podcast notes and links for tickets to anything else including all my stand-up uh, and I'm in a play at the moment called Brexit that's all on my website if you've got uh, no time but you've got some money um, please can you have a look at patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod it's where you can give me money to fund the podcast and uh, fund expanding the podcast and doing all sorts of exciting things as well as uh, just existing getting better equipment that sort of shit and in exchange for your pennies anything from very tiny pennies like a uh, $2 a month or something it starts at you get all sorts of stuff uh, extra content discount tickets to live shows loads of podcast related bits and bobs um, that I'm updating all the time let's get into it then this was a really lovely interesting chat thank you so much for doing this podcast no worries and you are you've got a book out yes called get your kids to eat anything yes and it's beautiful <laughs> it's, a, it's a recipe book essentially full of um 
it's sort of a mixture between self-help guide yeah. and a recipe book yeah, for exactly. parents with kids that are tricky eaters. Yes. So I do feel like I need to disclose immediately that I'm very lucky to have a kid that just is a tank. Mm-hmm. So, Which is great. Yes, that is. Yeah. I mean, it just constantly is asking for eating but I still got lots of questions for you okay um so if the book is called get your kids to eat anything Mm -hmm. do you think you could get a kid to eat tripe um if it was chopped up and cooked beautifully do you think yeah maybe is it possible to cook a tripe beautifully well that's the question I mean I think it's okay to like to have things that you don't like fine oh so it's always still okay to have things you don't like yeah I mean my husband is completely freaked out by bananas and that's allowed (laughs) (laughs) That's permitted. <laughs> Freaked out as well. He really is like he doesn't even really want to like pick them. up the um, you know, like if a kid, if a, you know, they just leave their banana skins oh, yeah. and their entire lives just in a trail behind them. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. yuck. <laughs> Do you think he's got an allergy or something? They're quite a. Uh... My dad hates them as well. Oh, really, really funny. So I'm just like, oh, these men in my life, you're frightened of yeah. bananas. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's about because I mean, I love them. My That's kids so love them. funny. Yeah, um, yesterday my son ate two on the bounce. Yeah, they just... Yeah. Yeah. He's um, started to enjoy having things in pairs uh, so that he can hold them up next to each ear. There's a book with... um, where It's a Roald Dahl book where a boy's got a banana in each ear. Oh, yeah. And he can't hear anything. And Anyway, (laughs) I I digress. Also, we've got some a, a late lunch to eat that you've provided the complicated bit of. Yeah. What is that? A savoury muffin? Yeah, with is cheese. From <gasps> yes, from the book. So there's cheese, um, frozen veg. So you literally shake it straight out of the packet into the batter. Um, nice. Cumin, usually sage, but I didn't have any, so it's oregano. Uh, a bit of garlic granules um, and some flour and eggs to hold it all together. Oh, my God. Can I just eat one now because they smell so yeah, nice? Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, I ha- I've made a guacamole, but it looks very tiny and it slipped on, it slipped slipped on down the end of the tub. I'm, sure I'm not lovely. a great food stylist, Emily. Um, and then there's some courgette and some uh, carrot. Nice. And some celery. Well, I had um, a very large slice of blueberry cake oh, this morning, you? so it balances out now. Yeah, it does. Yes, perfect. Um I am about to go away for four days, so I've been... Oh, my God, these look amazing inside. I want to get a picture of the insides. The thing is, I know I won't just have one, so I'll just eat this one and we'll take <laughs> pictures of the future ones. I am going away for four days, so I had uh, I had a really leftoversy breakfast. Yeah. I had some asparagus in a wrap. For breakfast? With a poached egg for breakfast. It's quite posh. It is quite posh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and you don't want something as posh as asparagus to go off in your home. Um, the book... Can you give us a general overview? I, my impression of it has been some beautiful looking recipes. I can't wait to get around to cooking some of them and I'm going to cook them. There's things in there I definitely want to cook for, for people on the podcast. Sometimes I do proper cooking for people. There, there was a, what did I spot this morning? An okra curry. Yes. Oh my God, that looks so good. Yeah, it's really nice. But it, it feels to me like the vibe of it is, um, in terms of if you did have a kid who's really, you're really struggling to get them to eat, uh, a, you know, a varied and nutritious diet. Um, it's about sort of colour, variety and introducing the unfamiliar. Would you say that's the general vibe? Yes, exactly. So it's very much a book. It's a journey from kind of one end of the book to the other. So you wouldn't, you know, go straight to the end. I think my kids are apparently supposed to eat okra curry and they yeah. won't. So that's the end of that book for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it starts off with really familiar meals and just putting something a little bit different in and just building up variety and colour and texture and what they expect to see on the, on the plate until eventually they're more familiar with it. 
but it isn't just the food. So you also get lots of activities and challenges. Yeah. So yeah. So by the time you kind of give them something slightly more unusual, they've they've invested it. So they've either helped you shop for it, or they maybe help grow some herbs or something like that, so that they're actually yeah open to it. And Brilliant. it does work. I've had so many lovely messages from readers. It's been really gorgeous. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and pictures of kids kind of shoveling strawberry pasta in their mouths oh, and things. It's so nice. Say that again, strawberry pasta? Yeah, it's Hello, one of Heston. my favourites. So it's, this? it's called strawberries and cream pasta. It's macaroni or penne yeah. or whatever you want to use. Um, it's a kind of a basic kind of cheese sauce, but it's got um, butternut squash whisked into it, so mm. extra portion of veg. And then you chop up strawberries and you bake them um, we're covered in balsamic vinegar and they go kind of sweet and they go a bit more firm and then you serve them on top of the pasta. Whoa! And kids love it and it's weird and it's, it kind of comes at a point in the book where kids are starting and adults are starting to kind of embrace the weird. So it comes right. in that, re- that stage where you kind of, you all want to be a little bit kind of really. Um, and it's just amazing because actually some kids who are fussy eaters have gone straight to that recipe and eaten it straight away. I mean, because wow. it's just so weird. Yeah. But then, you know, anyone who's had a toddler has seen them, like, take a what's it mm-hmm. and, like, dip it in some jam or something weird. And you're like, yeah. what are you doing? You know, kids are actually really open to being adventurous with food. And we kind of quash it down a little mm-hmm. bit. So, yeah, it's just about kind of bringing that out of all of us, so the adults and the kids in the family. It's so true, isn't it? Yesterday, uh, my kid was um, alternating between licks of an ice lolly and bites of a pizza yeah. laden with veg. But he was like... <laughs> Chomp of that, lick of that, chomp of that, lick of that for ages. Yeah. Don't care. Yeah, and that's... And actually it's me probably going, oh, he's such a pervert to my friend (laughs) that he'll kind of think, oh, that's weird, is it? I'll stop. Yeah, and we we have all these, you know, kind of sort of arbitrary rules around, Mm. you know, the order that we eat things and, you know, that asparagus for breakfast is strange. It's not strange if it's what you fancy. It's great. Yeah, if it's going off. Yeah, absolutely. Get it down, yeah. Get it down, your Gregory. That's a, um, I learned that recently. Cockney rhyming slang for neck, Gregory Peck. Oh, okay. Get it, I think it sounds quite funny in a posh voice. <laughs> get it down, get that down, your Gregory. And so, I, I, I mean, I think this is like a, um, a tricky question to ask someone whose book advocates, obviously, because it's so obvious that it's good to give your kids a really healthy and variety full um, diet. But is it okay to give your kids crap sometimes? Yes, so... I talk to a lot of dietitians and work with them, and I love that the attitude now is rather than, oh, you mustn't have chocolate, you yeah. mustn't have chicken nuggets. It's rather than thinking about what shouldn't be in your diet, mm. think about what's missing. So if this book helps you to be able to put a decent portion of veg on the plate yeah. and it helps you to be able to say, oh, you know, have this, have that, have, mm. you know, have some have some guac, have, have a savoury muffin, then they're not going to be able to fit in masses and masses of chicken nuggets mm. because they're going to have the veg on the plate and, you know, all of that kind of thing. So I think if you approach it that way, it's just healthier for all of us because guilt shouldn't feature in any eating. No. You know, food is great. It's energy. We're supposed to take pleasure from it. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Yeah, of, of course. And also, I think, I don't know, from the point of view of when you, I talk to lots of people doing this who have or ha- had disordered eating of something, of some sort, as a kid or as an adult, and often it, does, it comes back to a million and one things. I'm not, it's, I'm not saying this, is, and it was a parent's fault, mm. ever, but there's there will be, when there's a complicated rela- relationship with eating, often there was a rule of absolutely, you must never have one type of food or yeah. a real sort of push towards, I don't know, 
seeing things as sinful, I suppose. Seeing yeah. like sugary things or fatty things as sinful historically, or a parent that was always on a diet or was a feeder mm-hmm. or whatever. Or you know that kind yeah. of really weird rule of you must clear your plates because mm. children obviously born. We're all born with a natural set of signals that tell us when we're full. And then we go to, you know, whether it's in the dinner hall at school or at home, you know, you must clear your plate. And it's like we're actually teaching ourselves not to have that really natural sense of when we've had enough. Um, And we were laughing, actually, because I was talking to some other food developers about what a standard portion of pasta is. And it's 75 grams dry. But when I was a student running around all the time, I used to have half a packet yeah. Like 250 grams. And I was super skinny, but it's just how much energy I needed every yeah. day. And I had it most days with like a whole packet of like sauce and alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, that worked for me, but now I can't imagine eating that much. But the idea that we just put food in front of children and go, you've got to eat all of it. Yeah, is... like we're gauging it. Yeah. But also I think with children as well, it's very stark to see that. Uh, I mean, do you think there are times where... I can only talk from the experience of my one child. Um, and obviously you're sort of much more versed and better researched in this. But <laughs> I do think there are times in which he tells me he's had enough because he wants his pudding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, there's times where he's played. And then I don't know where the boundaries are. And then that going, just can you just have one more, eat that bit of cauliflower out of it and then you can. Yeah. Just move on to pudding. Yeah. And I think this is the thing. When they say they're full but mm. they still want pudding. There's something that doesn't quite add up yeah. there. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I mean, we do say that to him, but it's not an argument he particularly pre- pretends not to understand. The still room in my pudding stomach. Yeah, it's fine. I've kept room. it to the side. Well, we've got a... Because I don't want him to like never have treats. By the way, I need to interrupt myself and say that these savoury muffins are absolutely lush. Are these quite early on in the book? Because they sound pretty easy to make. Mm-hmm. And not expensive. That's cool. Mm. Oh my really, God, really it's easy. So tasty. I love the cheese in it. Just towards, cheddar. Yeah, just normal mature cheddar. And towards the sort of start of the book, it kind of recommends some of the herbs and spices to get that I know you'll use time and time again in the book. Yeah. So cumin is just great for giving that really savoury, mm. rounded flavour. I I didn't have dried sage um, at the flat today, so I used dried oregano. Yeah, and I really think, lovely. you know, you can do that. So, you know, if you've got a different cheese in. Um, another time I made these, I only had half the cheddar I needed, so I just stuck some parmesan in. Nice. And I'm kind of really anti um, a lot of kind of food books and food websites that are like you must follow it to the letter. I think as parents, if we yeah. can just get something on the table, that's great. Absolutely. So all the way through, I've got tips, especially at the bottom, to kind of say next time, use some different veg. Next time, stick some different flavours in there. Yeah. You know, Do what works for you to keep the variety going and to keep it interesting for you because ultimately... You want to make things that you can eat as well, not a different meal for every person in the house. No, God, no. Oh, I don't know how people can make that life for themselves where mm. everybody's getting something different. And so it happens so easily. Yeah. So you Oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, you just want to make your kids happy because you really love them. Mm. But it is, And also feeding them feels like you're loving them. Like, you know, even though you're not supposed to. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm very much a kind of like a restrained... Feeder. Yeah, I'm, I'm a feeder. I'd quite like I to mean, just feed exactly. everybody. I'm a functioning feeder parent. <laughs> Very aware of it. <laughs> Every now and again, I go, oh, I did some feeding. I did some love through feeding. <laughs> uh, said yes to an ice cream because I felt guilty about having been away for three weeks. Not three weeks, three nights, you know. But that's yeah. exactly it. I think that you know, people sometimes, they might look at the book and think there's a lot of work here. There's a lot of different recipes to cook. But actually, if you are making a different meal for every person in the house and if you are having endless arguments and if you are worrying in the evening because you haven't actually 
ever got your child to even look at a vegetable, <laughs> then, you know, you don't need to. You know, yeah. you put a few weeks. It's the same as potty training or the, when you try and get them to sleep in their own bed and they just keep coming back. Yeah. And you think, I'm actually going to die of sleep deprivation yeah. if they don't just sleep in their own bed soon. And then they just start doing it. Yeah. Um, or you stop having to kind of bleach the carpet every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's been lots of, um, I don't know about books, because I'm not one of those parents that reads a lot of how-to guides, mm. probably very much to my son's detriment. <laughs> I just talk to friends um, and stuff, but um, and friends who've read books, <laughs> make them relay it in sound bites for me. But um, uh, I feel like there's a lot of stuff about like how to be the perfect parent, how to how to nanny, you know, super nanny type things and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and in terms of eating stuff, I don't know what the advice has been before, other than um, I've only sort of read it in terms of that now. And I love it that we're we're in a relatively sort of the modern thing. Yeah. It feels like is um, and maybe it's a part of. Baby led weaning, that's what I'm trying to remember. Yes. Um, which is sort we we did it, my cousin George, who's like, she's like my sister, but she did it like by the book, mm-hmm. like she did it. <laughs> Whereas I occasionally spoon fed him something when I was feeling impatient, etc. Yeah. But I mainly did it in the sense that um, essentially what it means is you pass your baby stuff to hold and let them feed themselves from as early mm-hmm. as they can and want to. Um, but it also means that with a little bit of a head on you about salt and definitely about sugar until they're yeah. older than a baby, um, y- they eat what you eat. Mm-hmm. And that's the bit of it that I think that's very cool and that, and that I've been doing. But my um, the father of my son, his family mentioned quite often to me um, what an exotic and rich diet he has. <laughs> and once at Christmas, because he'd been eating like it was Christmas and he got the terrible shits mm-hmm. um, and the whole family knew about it because it happened in the bath. Sorry. Um, sorry for telling you. <laughs> um, but um, an aunt actually sort of came over to me and said, that's because of how you feed him. Of course Helpful. he's ill. Yeah. And... Um, but did she had it? What I was going to ask you is: Do you think there's anything that we shouldn't really give kids food-wise? Um, did she have any sort of point? Um, I mean, is it just a generational divide? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's often there's a little bit of a kind of a cultural nervousness sometimes when people yeah. think, oh, it's a bit spicy for children. So yeah, you should yeah, probably yeah. leave the UK and you'll see how other children mm. eat. They have the same digestive system. And they're doing fine. Yeah. It's a little bit of that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, salt and sugar. And then, mm-hmm. you know, NHS is always changing advice when it comes to things like nuts and, you know, milk exposure and that kind of thing. So, right. you know, from one baby to the next, you might be following slightly different rules. But just, yeah. you know, whatever the current science says on those, you know, there are certain rules around, you know, kind of like unpasteurized cheese. And right. sort of it's similar to when you're pregnant is mm-hmm. that sort of thing that you have to be careful with with small children. But, you know, once they're older... I mean, we should all be eating a relatively low salt diet. If we've got plenty of vegetables, then, you know, the fat and the carbs and things should just balance itself out anyway. So I think, yeah, we worry a little bit too much and, you know, we do it a lot in this country because there's always a children's menu in restaurants and it's always the blandest food they can think of. It's chicken... Um, chicken nuggets and chips and fish fingers and chips. Sugary beans. Yeah, and pasta with very sugary tomato sauce, maybe. And that's it. And then the adult menu has all this interesting stuff. And my son, a couple of years ago, was like, I don't want to order from the kids' menu. And he doesn't anymore. Yeah. Um, and he's so much happier, also because the portions are bigger. So he's like, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just ridiculous that we 
we think that kids won't eat it. And actually, while I was writing the book, the draft name for it was, do your kids really eat that? Because people would say it to me so often. And sometimes it was ridiculous. It was something like... um, you know, like carrot batons and guac, and they'd be saying, do your kids really eat that? I was like, well, of course they eat it. It's like really sweet carrot and really creamy dip. Yeah. And they were going, really? I don't think my kid would eat that. And so it was all about kind of developing that conversation and saying, actually, you know, kids have got fantastic taste buds and they enjoy being challenged. You know, we think that they wouldn't eat a savoury muffin if it has cumin in them, Mm. but we see them wolfing down cheese and onion crisps or salt and vinegar crisps that are absolutely packed with a ridiculous amount of flavour onto their tongue. So, yes, they will. That's so true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they'll eat really spicy crisps. Mm. My kid likes telling everybody um, that he meets all the different levels of spice like in our house. <laughs> Mummy loves spicy things. And I like some spicy things. And Daddy does not like spicy things. Um, and he doesn't. What I really like about spicy is that it's very culturally acceptable at the moment to have like loads of sriracha on everything, yeah, despite the fact that it is really sugary ketchup with some yeah. chilli in it. <laughs> yes. If you put that much ketchup on your food as an adult, people would go, really? Yeah. But if you cover it in sriracha, they're like, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's really really fashionable and yeah, cool. Yeah, very trendy, very <laughs> trendy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a garlicky ketchup, isn't yeah. it, full of sugar. Um, oh, God, it's so true, yeah. My kid will try anything, but then... It, it's really. Do you know what? I also. I wonder whether it makes any difference. I ate lots of spicy stuff when I was pregnant. Mm. I just eat lots of spicy stuff all the time. But um, don't know whether that made any difference. But I've given him really spicy things, and he won't. He he sometimes will change. His face will change colour. <laughs> <laughs> like, but he'll be, and then he'll just be like, "Wow, that was, mm. wow." But he's not upset by it. The only thing he's ever been really upset by to the point where he wouldn't even swallow it. I had to go in with a hand and fish it out. Mm was um, a lemon drizzle naked bar, which is like a date and fruit and yeah. nut bar with loads of lemon zest in it. Mm. Something it about that. just too much. He hated it. <laughs> he froze. I had to pull the car over. because it, And I gave him a sip of water and he wouldn't even swallow that. So he just had this mouthful of water with his cheeks buffed out. I just had to get in with my hand and push it all out. It's horrific, I believe. <laughs> children definitely have a sweet tooth don't they so yeah. they, they do like the sweeter vegetables and things and, oh god and yeah it, you know it's fine if children just you know find something they don't like they don't like it and I was saying it's interesting as you get older that you yeah you do almost like to torture yourself a little bit so you know like the really bitter olives that are actually on the very borderline of being absolutely inedibly disgusting yes. yeah, yeah, and yet there's something really pleasurable about eating yeah. one of these unbearably bitter olives and then some really lovely sweet soft bread and oh god I thought you were going to say and then a really crisp dry white wine oh yes yeah in the same way as <laughs> but not for you <laughs> in, in the same way as like yeah with with um like beer really mm. sort of rubbish stale beer is not very nice on its own but if you've got it with some really good chunky chips so it like it washes your palate and it all tastes a bit rubbish and then you have a chunky chip and it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about the things that go together. It's so true. So were you ever fussy? I was. Were you? So fussy. So I would have um, pasta with cheese only, but only if the cheese was melted. And if the cheese was not satisfactorily melted, I would send it back to the kitchen. Um I would have spaghetti, tin spaghetti, but not tin beans. And if a bean found its way onto my plate, I would reject the whole plate. Oh, my God. It's funny when my mum comes to talks now, because she's like, oh, my God, I was a terrible parent. It's like, you really weren't a terrible oh. parent. <laughs> and clearly, you know, something went right somewhere, because I suddenly started eating everything. Yeah. But no, I was about as fussy as a child can be. 
and which is hilarious now. So do you think this career for you is born out of a kind of redemption apology to your mum? Apology to my poor mum. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm dad. Yeah, funny. <laughs> um, I, now I'm going to move on to my more generic things that I sort of ask everyone if that's all right. Okay. Um, but I'd love to if you've got anything that stood out to know the best and or worst thing that you've eaten in recent weeks. Hmm. I mean, obviously, I could just be really big-headed and say, well, all the best things I've eaten are from my book. Fair enough. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Although, Perfect. I did go Have to... Have you got a favourite from the book? Um, my favourite at the moment is probably the curry. Mm. Or there are some sandwiches that are three different layers, and then you cut mm. them into kind of like little, um, almost like afternoon tea-shaped sandwiches. Oh, nice. So there's a layer of cream cheese and beetroot, so that goes really nice pink. Ooh. Um, hummus and carrot. And then black olives and sun-dried tomatoes. Oh, my so God. So it's three layers. The kids absolutely love it, yes. which is just amazing. Even when I tested it really early on, they were like, these are good. And it looks mm. super fancy. So you know when you have, like, other parents and children around? Mm. I always feel like there's extra expectation on me because I'm supposed to oh, be able yeah. to create, like, gourmet things, which isn't really my thing. I'm just very much a family cook. So I make these sandwiches and they look super fancy. They're really tasty. So yeah. I've been, and then obviously I always overmake because I'm a feeder. Yeah. So then I have kind of twenty sandwiches after everybody's gone. <laughs> Apparently, the Mary Berry tip is to put a damp tea towel over the sandwich it, uh, to keep make a sandwich last. Oh. And it's how you get to make them in advance as well. Oh, thanks, Mary. Yeah. Right. Cheers, Beza. You can always and rely Bez. on. Um, worst thing I've eaten. Um, not recently, but the worst thing I've ever had was um. A risotto. Okay. Um, oh, God. When they're bad, they're so bad. It was made with, I think, basmati rice. Oh. And it was very overcooked. So I was, it was essentially just dodge. It had <sighs> big pieces of raw garlic in it. Oh, God. Is this and, out? And, um, was it, this in a restaurant? Yeah, in a <gasps> restaurant. And dried mushrooms. But they hadn't actually cooked out the dried mushrooms. So they were still sort of semi-dry. No. And um, my friends and I had ordered it. And you know, most of the time you can kind of eat something, even if it's yeah. not that great. You can just be polite. And um, we've all been there. Um, but we could not eat it. I was eating it, and you know, when your stomach is just going, no, 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 this is not, this is not food. Um, and they were very apologetic. And it turned out they buy in the, they, I won't name the chain, but they buy in the risotto, and then they add stuff to it. Right. Which had obviously just gone wrong in every way possible, bless them. But they took it all away and they made us all halloumi salad with loads of halloumi. So oh, I was like, good. all is forgiven. All is forgiven. <laughs> it's not a lot you can't say sorry for with halloumi. That is, it's just the most addictive cheese in the mm-hmm. universe. Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Hello, I'm interrupting myself. Uh, I did uh, briefly mention in the introduction, I'm in a play at the moment. It's called Brexit which sounds terrible, but it is funny. It was a political, it's a, it's a political satire. I'm being a Tory in it, so um, I'm definitely having to do acting. Uh, it's on at the King's Head Theatre in Islington from now until the 6th of July, um, every day except Mondays. Um, it's only an hour long. I think you'll really like it. I'd love to see you there. <laughs> Come if you want. Uh, again, there's a ticket link in the podcast notes. Oh, let's get back into the good stuff. So I just want to quickly go back to that thing about just swapping stuff out. Um, so if you haven't got oregano, stick some sage in or the other way around or whatever yeah. it was. I, I'm 35. I've only just started to be able to pull myself out of that. I genuinely look at recipes and go, well, I, I don't know where I'm ever going to get Aleppo chilli flakes. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Or, I don't know, like I love Ottolenghi recipes, but there certainly used to be stuff, certainly before I lived in London, where you'd be like, well, I can't get mm-hmm. a, that thing, a black garlic or a preserved lemon. And now you, you can actually get, like, or yeah, online and stuff like that. a little bit that. more, but yeah. Still, even then, you'd look at it and go, but you, half the time you can make things without one ingredient. Yes, and or it's not going to taste the same, but it's yeah. still going to be a good meal. So everything in the book, I was quite strict with myself. Not only did I make sure it's available in my supermarket, but I live next to quite a big like super centre. Yes. Um, so I also checked in with some people around the country and just went, next time you're in the world food section of your supermarket, can you just check that there is like a Caribbean section with the different beans in it or something like oh, that? Oh, cool. And I try and do that with, with everything on my blog as well. There might be one ingredient. On my blog, I might say, like, I've just discovered black garlic if you want to grab some. Right. Here's something yeah, fun yeah, to do yeah. with it. But everything in the book. Well, and the, also for black garlic, you know, there's people um, making it out in the countryside. Get, yeah, like have a, do a bit of research because mm. I reckon I get where I'm from in Swanage and Dorset, Langton and Travers. They grow it. Um, they grow it on the roof of a pub. It's uh, so called good. The Arms. It's amazing. It is. It's, it's so kind clever. of. I could almost eat it like a sort of savoury sweet because they're like little yeah. tiny black. It's sort of oh, ultra and jammy. Inky and mm. there is a sweetness to them. Yeah. But these guys gave me last time I went down a um, a rosemary and black garlic rub, which Ooh. if you add to a crumb to go on top of fish or something is off the charts. And then just some black garlic smoked salt. Oh my please. That sounds just amazing. That just lift the most boring of anything. I had some um, smoked salt that's made by burning whiskey barrels that are finished being used. Oh, Whoa. So good. Um, I was at a food festival and the lady demonstrating, um, Charlotte White, had made chocolate chip cookies with this whiskey <gasps> barrel smoked salt. And it was life changing. It was so good. Oh my God. My um, The um, inside of my mouth just sort of burst. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even think I like whiskey. This is amazing. Well, you know I, how you what, don't... What's her name? Charlotte White. Charlotte White. Yes, she the, is um, amazing. Notes. Magic. Oh, I'm learning. I'm learning so much. <laughs> also from your book, I learned that okra is a fruit. Mmm. It's, um... Technically. It's a bit... I mean, I wanted to add it towards that point in the book because it's just weird, isn't it? Yes. And you cut into it and it's all like gooey and snotty and weird. Yeah. And I wanted it to be at that point where kids, instead of going like, oh my God, are like, wow, this is quite kind of cool. To actually. be fair, a lot of kids do eat bogeys anyway. Well, yeah. So it's pretty, you know, it's just adding to their standard diet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, keep, I feel like I keep learning this very sen- sensible and interesting tone. And I've got a new question I ask people now. Mm. Um, I'm uh, eating as well. No, because it's blooming delicious. Also, I mean... Please tuck into the the guacamole. I've mm. sort of made try to spread it around the rest of the. Um, I should have bought more courgette because the rest of the things I've got to dip in the guacamole are offensively crunchy. Um, pretty crunchy. Pretty crunchy. I've made the guacamole pretty lemony. I should mm. have warned you. It's good. Have you ever had a patch where you ate the same thing every day, or was that that student days when you were on about? Yeah, student days, nothing but pasta. Um, when I was pregnant with my daughter, nothing but cheese and tomato paninis for lunch Ooh. and Thai green tofu curry for dinner. Oh my God, I love Thai green Endlessly. Curry. I think I gained about 42 stone during that pregnancy. <laughs> we, had, we had a Thai at the end of the road and I would send my poor husband out. Like, every night? Every night. I just oh needed it. Oh my God, that, that's quite a unique and beautiful combination of flavours, Thai mm. green curry when it's done well though. Yeah. And that, 
and, f- and when you get it actually from a Thai restaurant and they do the tofu nicely, yes. I've not worked that out at home. I think it probably has to be fried. Doesn't I it? think it's tofu puff. So yeah. it's when they take the tofu and uh, drop it into very hot oil so it puffs up. And then it's essentially just a big sponge. So when you put it into the, you know, the lovely curry sauce. Yes, it just absorbs it all. Mm. Oh, God, this is going to be the, one of these episodes that makes me and everyone very peckish. <laughs> yeah, when I was pregnant, I had very strong smell. So I was like, I went off loads of things. I would normally mm. love coffee, every, anything that smelled too meaty. I was like, yeah, especially anything treat though or anything, which I'd normally be like, what a great smell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't go in coffee shops. And, yeah. and I made my husband brush his teeth about four times a day because if I could smell food on his breath at all. It's disgusting. Yes, I was like, you stink, you're disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because obviously... You know, we can smell food on each other, but not usually to the point where we kind of almost vomit on them. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Do you ever think you've uh, fed someone something which has genuinely changed the way they feel about you? Um, I like to think it's how I got my husband to marry me. Really? One of my many wiles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love it. Because I, I am... I'm very much a people pleaser. Yeah. And so I am Jewish on my dad's side. And I think that's where I get my, like, I'm very much a feeder. And, right. you know, I like to check every five minutes that you've got a drink and food and yeah. you're happy. And would you like another cushion and things? Yeah, that's usually where I kind of win friendships over is when I just absolutely spoil somebody when they come to my house. Nice. And I love it. So it's the same when the kids have their friends over. I like, I want to be that mum that really looks after their friends. Oh. So I give them lots of food and things and, like, sneak them a bit of chocolate. Don't tell the mums. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need to be need to be the best mom in town. Um, that would make lots of other mums feel competitive, but it's just made me want to offer you my child if you like. <laughs> well, this is days. the thing, you know. I tend tend to turn up for school like greasy hair, no makeup, probably food from the day's testing down my front. <laughs> Usually, I've forgotten something, so my kids like the only one that isn't in a superhero costume. Um, but food, I can do. So food, I like to excel at if Amazing. I can. Amazing. <laughs> oh. Um, is there an earliest thing that you remember eating apart from milk? Not that anyone really remembers milk. Mm. Or a thing that you remember, anything memorable from your childhood eating? My mum used to make crisps herself instead of Whoa. buying them. So they were kind of like, some were a bit burnt and some were <gasps> a bit floppy. And she used to leave the skin on. Mm. You know, so you know, if she'd gone commercial, she could have been like, you know, the kettle chips the of early, today. She could have been the origin story of kettle chips. Yeah. And does she use a deep fat fryer, like with the wires that you yes, put in it? Yes, because we're all scared of them now, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> Nobody wants one because yeah. we've all I think, seen... I feel like there was a government-sponsored campaign about the fires from them that, scared, that gave yes. everybody a nightmare. And it was always on Casualty and London's yes, Burning. Yes, it was and Casualty. Like I think it was Casualty that gave me nightmares. <laughs> I, couldn't look at, I couldn't go near or look at a fire for a year because I was stupidly allowed mm. to watch a Casualty when I was five. Yeah, and yeah and that's the thing. blew up. Yeah, and a yeah. couple flew out. There was no respect for watershed yeah. when we were little either. No. It was just, yeah, people getting plastic squirted in their eyes and stuff. Yeah, and <laughs> what? Really? yeah acid attacks and stuff. Guys, the 80s telly, yeah, it was pretty hardcore. People don't think people realise how hardcore it used to be. So, yeah, now we have a generation of people who are frightened of deep fat fryers. Actually, there are, no, there are no deep fat fried recipes in the book, oh, which okay. might be why. There are some fried, lots of baked. Yeah. Also, because I think when you're a parent, no, I make pancakes sometimes for the kids in the morning and I'm like, la, la, la. And at least half of them will get burnt because they get distracted because yeah, the kids yeah, yeah. need something and they've forgotten their recorder and this kind of thing. So I wanted to make as many as possible ones that you stick in the oven all at once on a tray. So you're done and you can get something else done. Yeah. 
And then you pull them out of the oven and they're ready to eat. Nice. Because yeah. that's what we need. I made a risotto in the oven the other day mm. for the first time. That's a fucking game changer, isn't it? <laughs> you can just pop it in and walk off. It's amazing. Got... I love a risotto when it's done well, not like the one you had with your raw garlic. But I do feel like I had to stand there with it. Yeah. And not anymore. Well, I actually bought um, the Eat Well for Less cookbook. Mm. So that's um, Greg Wallace and Chris Bavin. Right. Um, and there was a recipe in there for a microwave risotto. Right. And I thought, really? And I mean, it does taste a bit like a... You know, like a pot, the pot noodle of risottos because yeah. it's made in the microwave. They don't mm-hmm. have that kind of delicately developed flavours. Yeah. But it is absolutely edible and quite tasty. Fine. Um, Greg Wallace it was horrified. Right. Apparently on the show and when I tweeted it to him, he was just like, nope. I was got your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> You're good, but Greg. Flipping <laughs> it. Um, have you ever used food for something other than food? Like um, as a weapon or maybe as part of a prank? Hmm. Well, my daughter was obsessed with slime. <laughs> um, like, Standard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is our lives. There is always PVA glue everywhere. Yeah. Well, you make slime. That making slime Ugh. stuff. It's just disgusting. Um, but she also has now discovered edible slime. Oh God. Which is fine, except obviously once a child with all of their germs oh, and dirty nails God. has played with it, and then they go, "Can I eat it?" <laughs> Please don't eat it. <laughs> It's this brown now. Um, yeah. It involves melting jelly babies. Oh, and then you stir icing sugar into it and it becomes kind of like a sort of a stretchy putty. Okay. Until eventually it goes, if you leave it on its own, it goes kind of almost Sounds fully like solid. It's ruin some pans. It's just, yeah, it gets into carpets. It oh, gets God. everywhere. Um, you know, and we're in a rented house, so I'm constantly yeah. kind of like going, um, this please isn't, why did I let you do this? <laughs> and yet, and now Even she wants Play Doh is really hard once it's not actual Play Doh, but if you get an off brand one, yeah, like from Wilco's or or Tiger or whatever, the Tiger Play Doh, I love that shop, mm. but that once it's dried, I've got two toy cars, yeah, that have just got an entirely dried in fake chip knockoff Play Doh <laughs> inside, can't ever get it out and. Cr- Giant crusty lines of it in the carpet, oh. and it releases the cu- the colouring as well into the carpet. So yes. even if you remove it, the colour's still there. And if you don't have a long carpet. I found it's very hard to snip it out. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I hope my landlord's not listening. I've only just moved. Not mine. Well, our houses yeah. are perfectly clean and beautiful. Yeah, I mean they're actually per- it's absolutely perfect, and we've cleaned everything <laughs> in a contractually fulfilling way. Mm-hmm. Um. Five second rule, yes or no? Obviously not when you're creating things in a work context. Mm. Um, yeah, for anybody else, no. I would never give something I dropped on the floor. I would eat it, yeah. yeah. I mean, not if it was kind of like outside or something. I wouldn't like pick it off Oxford Street and go, eh. <laughs> <laughs> God, you really would. It, it's like, how long do you take that? How far do you stretch the analogy of it makes you stronger? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, a bit of germs makes you stronger, yeah. but a bit of Oxford Street. Ooh, you're tough. That is, <laughs> That's what brave. do you want to be? Like, apocalypse proof. <laughs> That is, that is, whore, But yeah, if it's something quite dry, so like a digestive biscuit, yeah, just dropped onto the you know clean kitchen floor for a sec, I'd definitely eat that. Oh, yeah. also quite handy if you've got quite a clumsy child and they <laughs> drop, you're like, oh, you can't eat that. You give them another one, and then you get you, you get the dropped biscuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I nearly ate a bit of um a, a bit of pizza that my friend's baby had suckled for a good twenty minutes <laughs> yesterday because it still had all the good bits on it, and I thought. No. If I was starving, though, I would have. 
Well, I came back to the table in a cafe. There was a little amaretti biscuit thingy. Just there, just like sitting on the side of the saucer. So I popped it in my mouth and Joel went, well, we weren't eating that because we dropped it. <laughs> well, oh, it's in my mouth now. Yeah. I'm just going to have to eat it. And then you like, you imagine all of like the invisible germs that you yeah. now, now put into your body. But I survived, so. Yeah, and you're here to tell the story. I'm in my tongue. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Have you got any um, sort of predictions or hopes or fears when it comes to the future and how people will eat, perhaps in terms of the environment or technology or just generally science fiction? The whole kind of plant-based thing is huge and I think just going to think it's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. I think there's still, there's still obviously a subset of society that just think if you don't eat meat with every meal, then you're not a real man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's become much more acceptable and normal to just have plant-based meals once yeah. once a week, twice a week. So I think that's just going to continue to grow, Very which is cool, really exciting because it means that all of the kind of manufacturers and the supermarkets are investing more into that technology. So, you know, vegan cheese is getting much, much more palatable. You've mm-hmm. got much more stable plant milks. So that will feed into itself, which means we'll see much more interesting things. So, for example, you know, we're starting to see attempts at at vegan egg that actually function like egg to make things like scrambled egg without egg. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that's fascinating because obviously it, it's not that these are newly possible, it's that there's an interest in investing in the technology to actually do it. So I think that's really exciting. Oh, my tummy's rumbling. I need another muffin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I think that people are probably, probably post-Brexit, unless it magically doesn't happen, you never yeah. know, um, are going to have to think a little bit more about kind of food waste. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a lot more conversation about that, about using all of the vegetable, about more effective storage. Yeah. Um, and I think that could release some really interesting potential. It's already come, that using all of the vegetable things already coming a bit more, isn't it? Like the the leaves of a cauliflower and stuff yes. like that. I mean, mm. roasted, they're lovely. They are, they are incredible. 
Yeah, and I mean... It's just like definitely... a cabbage leaf, isn't it, really? You could do anything you could do with a cabbage leaf with it. I think this but is a funny thing. we've just been trained to <laughs> yes. do this. There's so many things. You know, and the, um, carrot tops, although if you buy carrots from a supermarket, you don't always get the tops. Yeah. But where you do, you know, they're absolutely edible and they make great pesto. Oh, do It's not they? hard to make pesto. But yeah, but you just wouldn't think of it because it's just seen as, yeah. as the waste. waste. And so, oh, um I'm excited, but I need to finish what it was. The uh, beetroot leaves, mm. they're fit. Yes. Mm, lovely. Yes, I put them on pizza sometimes. Mm. They're really good. Yeah. Snazzy pants. Yeah, I think we will. I do worry about that. I wonder whether, I mean, we just, I don't know if it's going to happen. I so hope it doesn't happen. But yeah, if we don't, if we suddenly, especially, I think it's fresh fruit and veg is where we might get most unstuck, isn't it, post-Brexit? Yeah, which is really interesting because obviously tinned food that is very high in salt or sugar isn't great. But lots of tinned food is actually, it's okay. And it can be used. And obviously we've got people like Jack Monroe who is going to bring out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole tins cookbook. Yes, which is obviously very shrewd commercially as well as being brilliant. Yeah. Um, So I think things like that would definitely come in and and, and frozen as well. So again, if something, you know, sometimes if veg are picked, chopped, frozen, they're actually maintaining more of the nutrients than if, you know, it kind of been carted across the country and ripened under artificial lights and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So I think, yeah, frozen and tinned and also just getting much better at using kind of bulking elements like lentils and mm-hmm. you know and <laughs> dried potato flakes and all that kind of thing that everybody kind of in the like post-war era knew how to use yeah. but we don't but I think I think we are a little bit complacent about it whereas I've got lots of friends who are um, you know from Eastern Europe for example where they actually in their lifetimes remember you know food shortages yes you know not not just no, post-war but more recently it. it's, it's, it's um it's very hard to check your own privilege when that's all you've ever known. Yes. It, and it's just normality, but we might have to get used to checking that quite quickly, quite soon. Oh, yeah, it is it's terrifying, we'll but we are a bit also, like a little like mad that uncle. post-war generation were all amazing at growing stuff. Yes. They just knew, you know, they were brought up to know, well, you plant that like that and you pick the eye out of that and then, you you know, and then yes. once a week you do this to it and when the, this, the leaves... And I just... I mean, we've got access to the internet, thankfully, so you can look it up, but even then it's... Yeah. It, when you don't learn something as a child, the effort to learn it as an adult is a, is bigger... Yes, that's, I mean, that's why there's such a big educate section in the book, because yeah. there are kids who don't know how potatoes grow, you know, as to whether they're above or below the ground, who don't, yeah. you know, who haven't really taken time to look at even the colours of the different vegetables at the supermarket. But actually, I think that whole kind of clear your plate thing obviously comes from the post-war era where, you know, mm-hmm. what was on your plate is all you were getting. So yes. you needed to make the most of it and, and yeah. kind of enjoy those nutrients and... Yeah, I think, you know, if we just aim to get good stuff onto our plates and to make the most of it, I think we'll be all right. But, yeah, we may be, we may be rationing, which is quite scary. It is, isn't it? Anyway, that's enough <laughs> dooms, dooms singing from me. I do often ask stuff about budgets, but actually I think there's, there's already loads of great... There's such great stuff in the book. I would normally say, have you got a great idea for something you can cook on the budget? Um, but I think these uh, frozen veg muffins are probably an excellent example of that, aren't they? Yes. So you can make the, a bunch of them for not much pennies. Yeah, really, really easy to make, um, the muffins. And also a lot of the things like, you know, there's a, the okra curries with lentils as well. So mm. you can buy a big bag of them. And I'm trying all the way through to kind of give you advice of how else you might use them. Because yeah. lentils are brilliant to chuck in everything. And once you know your kids will eat them, you're like, right, okay, I'll add a bit to this. And yeah. you, know, you might be making, there's a lentil bolognese um, with red lentils in the book. 
which is really cheap because lentils are really affordable, especially yeah. if you go to the world food section and buy the massive bags exactly. as opposed to the same the price small one. on a bag, especially if you've got a car or you're not going far or yeah. it's just the one thing you're getting. But also those bags tend to be like big cardboardy netting bags yeah. as well. They're not They're even great. plastic. Yeah, so go and grab one of them and then, you know, anything that just needs bulking out a little bit, you know, yeah. you add, just add soups. a handful of, of lentils. I yeah. never don't put them in soups. I mean, I'm pretty much addicted to them. And particularly, you know, they're great for protein, obviously, mm-hmm. lentils, and they fill you up. They're just a brilliant bulking thing. And again, this, you know, it might not have been red lentils, but yes, that post-war era, we knew how to fill our tummies because we might not eat again for the rest yeah. of the day. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's, there's some stuff to be learned, but probably just clearing your plate, even if you're full, that's the bit to leave behind in the post-war yeah. era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Ooh, the weirdest thing I've eaten. Listeners, while we've been talking, I've eaten a carrot. Did you notice? Write in and let me know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the quietest I've ever tried to eat a carrot, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I was trying to do it very politely. I've still mm. got half a bit of courgette because I was worried about about crunching. Um, I... I've eaten lots of things that mm. don't seem weird to me because they're not weird in that particular culture. Okay. But for the UK, would seem weird. So, really? You know, there are lots of things that we'll use much kind of sweeter dressings and things on food. Um, oh, I had a really good um, steak that was marinated in a rum dressing wow. in Antigua that was just brilliant. Mm. Um, and you could really taste the rum. And the wow. steak was really, really rare. And she cut it super, super thin. Um, And it was just absolutely beautiful. And we just don't think of things like that. That was really cool. She actually put rum in everything. It was in the salad dressing. (laughs) It was in the the (laughs) cake. (laughs) It was just, it was a rum meal. Who is this amazing woman? Um, It's called um, Nicole's Kitchen. Nice. Um, Yeah. Amazing. Glorious. And I think you can go, the public can book and you can have like a cooking session with her up in the hills. Oh my God. So highly recommended. Hmm. Yeah. That's gone on the bucket list. So that kind of thing, I just, you know, it's so funny because, you know, you go into somewhere like, um, I don't know, like a Vietnamese restaurant and there's a kind of like, there's just the UK children kind of like prodding going, oh my God, this has spice on it. And then you've got some children that are kind of like, they've got noodles all over their face and they're kind of like, they're picking up bits of fish and they're just completely into it. And we think... You know, I remember looking at my husband when I was we're still fussy and thinking, like, why aren't I doing that? Yes. Um, there must be a way to get them excited about food. And so, yeah, yeah that's what the book's all about. Oh, God. This book is amazing. If you're having problems with your kids eating things up, get this book in your life. A crowd of hornets are heading for a newborn vole, which happens to be carrying a unique spittle that we can harness to become a brilliant new antibiotic that we really need as humans. Okay. They've agreed, the hornets, to stop and leave the vole alone, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, um, row all the way up the Nile wearing a giant woolen hornet costume without ever stopping once. It sounds impossible, but you do it! Yeah. You're a hero! Um, you've won humans a new antibiotic in possibly one of the strangest, most memorable and wonderful ways ever. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you've won the adulation of all humans for all time, an incredible place in history for a great thing. And 
um, in the moment and you're in that post-exercise, but not that when you're still sort of spinning out, that you're allowed to shower or whatever you'd like to feel actually nice. Mm-hmm. But your real reward is a feast of your dreams. Okay. Um, I don't want ethics, health, environment, anything to come into it. Nothing has to be possible. It can be entirely hypothetical. Okay. But I'd love to know what you would eat, what you would drink, and if there's a who with and where, then who with and where. Okay. And you don't get full, so you can... You, you don't... can do what you like. Brilliant. No. Yeah. My exactly. daughter and I play that game actually, where we go we go into like sweets land and we can eat as much as we like and we're not sick. Um, but we only imagine; we don't yes. actually just like, really yes. take efforts. Um, so I am all about kind of Asian flavors. So mm. I would probably have um, some pho. Um, oh, I would definitely have some Thai green curry yes. with tofu and coconut rice. Um, I would probably have. Um, you know those really, really spicy prawn crackers that are almost too spicy to eat. So not the little yes, white ones, but no, sort of like, like the orangey. Yes. yes, yes, like a, a bag as big as me of those. Nice. Um, so that would be to start. Then we'd need some kind of a palate cleanser. So I'd probably have like a lemon, like a lemon tart, maybe. Mm. Yeah, something like that, just to kind of freshen me up, ready to go again. <laughs> yes. Then we'd have like an Italian feast. So then I'd have. Oh yes. You know, like. Pasta bakes with too much mozzarella, which isn't very Italian, but also like the classic um, Italian thing. So we'd have like big buffalo mozzarella and loads of sliced um, like heirloom tomatoes and oh, things, um, loads of basil. Um, I'd get completely carried away with that. Really good ragu. Um, oh my God, I'm so on board with everything you say. <laughs> and then obviously magically I wouldn't be full. Yeah. So then I would have like a chocolate fondant. Oh my God. Like really hot with like right. loads of oozing and then maybe a Bailey's. Ooh, with or without mm. ice? Um, probably without, but like a good pint glass of it because <laughs> because we're fine in this in this imaginary world. <laughs> oh God! I ate. Uh, I ate. It was eating. I ate a pint of Bailey's at a house party once. Amazing. Um, in my teens, and then I wouldn't recommend that. I used to really like peach snaps until I got a bit overconfident about how much I could stomach yeah. in my teens, and now, yeah. no, it I would never drink snaps. It was the one thing that I, it completely undid. <laughs> All the other things I overdid in my youth, I've managed to love again, or mm. learn to love again. Even tequila, if it's a really good tequila and it's just a sip. Yeah. But not that. No, no, not Bailey's. There's always that association, though. It's such a deep association with yeah. alcohol. So, I mean, I don't really drink very much at all, but... Um, we'll we... have a pint of babies at the end of this dream please, which has made me very happy. Well, we were in um, we were in this really kind of food of shop, and I um, and I was like, oh, black sambuca. And my friend looked at me and went, aniseed? And I was like, oh, no, black sambuca. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Very cool. Um, oh, well, thank you so much. This has been brilliant. Thank, thank you. you. What a lovely conversation. Emily's book has some belting recipes in it and um, some really interesting theories and stuff. I think it's a genuine, you know, it's a great book. And not just if you've uh, got a picky eater of a kid, I think you, you should check it out. It's called How to Get Your Kids to Eat Anything. It's easily Googleable and she's on everywhere. Social media as at a mummy too. A mummy T O O. Come and see my new stand up show, Hench. I'd love that. Or 
I've mentioned it a few times. I'm in a play called Brexit at the moment till the 6th of July. And, and, and most of all, come along to a Hoovering show. Uh, they're so fun. And if you can't do any of that, just keep listening. And if you would be kind enough to tell someone occasionally about this podcast, then you're doing me a bigger kindness than anyone. It's just the most invaluable thing. Um, so take care please you can follow us on all the social medias at the hoovering pod i'm at jessica fosterkew anything longer than that or a list of all my gigs go to my website jessicafosterkew.com and you can email me through there huge thanks to acast for hosting the podcast hoovering is produced by emma Corsham, and the music is by mike greenway until next week happy hoovering Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.